welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Uh, in other news, my name is Micah, and I am the lead pastor here at Awaken West 7th. Glad you're here. Uh, very glad that you're here. We are in a series called Eat This Book, and we are... Uh, we're working our way through the scriptures, kind of from the beginning of the story towards the end of the story. And we are making our way out of Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, also known as Torah. And we're into uh, essentially the period in the scriptures that's telling the story of Israel. So the book of Samuel, the book of Kings, the book of Chronicles, they're all kind of telling the same story from a different vantage point. And so we've made our way into Samuel this morning. And we're, we're going to have a conversation this morning and explore the idea of listening and hearing God's voice. So I'm at a party last night. My mom, uh, I almost said my mom graduated. <laughs> nope. My mom's retiring, which is uh, different than graduating. So uh, us boys, we threw a little get-together for her. And I was to provide the cocktails for the evening, um, which is a fun little hobby that I've got on the side. And so I bring my gear, all my setup, and my shakers and whatnot. And I'm setting up all my stuff, and I have a little niece. Her name's Maddie. Now, Maddie is one of these little girls who just talks a mile a minute. Does anybody know this person? Yeah, a couple of you have them. You know who they are. Your grandkids are like this. So Maddie, and she has an imagination like you would not believe. The other night, we're at a bonfire, and she brings me this picture. She's like, Uncle Micah, I made this for you. And I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. What is it? It's a blue-back bird. And it's a picture of a bird with a blue back that she's colored. And then she goes on to tell me about where the blue-back bird is from and its mating call and why it does this and where it lives. And I'm just kind of like... She's making it all up, right? So Maddie, she's standing in front of me last night, and she's just jibber-jabbering, just la 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 And then I realize I haven't heard a single word she said. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes maybe we do this with people in our lives, like there's certain frequencies of voices that we just don't hear or we choose not to hear. But I stopped, and I'm like, oh, Maddie, I didn't hear a word you said. Can you start over? That was a bad move. Because she started over from the beginning, just la, 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 you know, the whole deal. But you know what I'm talking about, where you've been in a conversation with somebody, and you can tell they're not listening to you, or maybe you've been on the other end of that, and you, and I've done this with Laura multiple times, we're in the kitchen or standing, you know, talking about something, and I realize, like, I am, I am not here, I'm here, but I'm not here, and I've just stopped, you'd be like, babe, I didn't hear a word you just said, you're going to have to start over, right? What does it mean to hear someone's voice? There's this great old movie called White Men Can't Jump. You know what I'm talking about? And there's this line where they're talking about Jimi Hendrix and whether or not Woody Harrelson's character can, like, hear. You can listen to Jimi Hendrix, but can you hear Jimi Hendrix? You know what I'm saying? It's like a difference. You can audibly, there's things registering in your brain. You can listen to it, but are you hearing what's being said? So this morning, this passage, which I think is familiar to many of us, is a conversation about hearing God's voice. And hearing God's voice is it's an interesting one because, like, people say they pray all the time, right? And no one bats an eye because we assume that that means they were talking to God because that's typically how we understand prayer. But when somebody says, I've heard from the Lord, I don't know about you, but I kind of go, ah, why don't you tell me what you heard and then I'll tell you if you heard from the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Like, how many of you have been here in the room and someone has said to you in some way, shape, or form, I've heard from the Lord and it has implications for your life? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're all kind of like, I don't know if you heard from anything or anyone. So hearing from God, like, that's a, this is an interesting conversation. It's not just prayer. It's actually more than that. 
So, if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'll invite you to stand if you can, and we'll read from the scriptures, and then we'll jump right in. Starting in verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I have spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered again, here I am. What is it that he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. And so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Pray with me. God, this morning we gather... We do so in your name, Jesus, and we, uh, I'm grateful for this place in this community, um, for this group of people who gather here weekly uh, to remember whose we are and who we are. And so I pray that that would happen today. I pray that by your spirit, you would speak words of encouragement, words of hope, words of life uh, to us and for us and over us, and that we might receive them, that they might take root in our hearts and that they might change us, uh, that we might look more like you, Jesus. I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Such a fascinating story. There's a lot here I'm not going to get get into because it's 18 verses and we would be here all day long. But uh, a little bit of background before we jump in. If you didn't know kind of what's going on in the story of Israel, uh, Israel has made its way out of Egypt. So they were enslaved in Egypt. And that story is called the Exodus. Moses comes and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses lets them go. They leave Egypt And then they basically wander around in the desert for about 40 years. They they were supposed to go into the land. They sent in some spies to check it out. Ten came back and said, no way, we can't do it. Two said, we can. They ended up not. And this whole generation of people dies while they wander in the desert for 40 years, including Moses. Moses dies and passes the mantle of Israel's leadership to a man named Joshua. Joshua leads the people into the land. And uh, essentially, there are... uh, a number of uh, wanderings and faithfulness, let's just say. A little bit like a teenager. They listen, then they don't listen. They listen, then they don't listen, Israel. 
And that is uh, the period of the judges. So we have a whole book in the Bible about the judges where God sends someone and they offer words of admonition and encouragement and exhortation to the people, like, come back, this is where you're supposed to go. So that's the judges. And then we get to this point in Samuel. Samuel is the son or the, the young boy who's going to be the spiritual leader of Israel. Eli holds that position, and he's going to pass that mantle of leadership to Samuel, right? Um, chapter 8 of this book, the Israelites are going to ask for a king. So previously, the Lord was their king, Yahweh was their king, and they look around them and they see all these other nations with kings, and they're going to ask for a king, and that will lead them to a kingdom, and then a divided kingdom, and then they get carted off to Babylon and Assyria. That's the history of, of uh, Israel in a nutshell. So there you go. That's the his, history of nutshell in an Israel, everybody. Um, so that's where we are in the story. And I want to just briefly offer two assumptions that I begin with as we look at and we think about what it, this conversation of hearing God or listening to God. The first assumption that I begin with is that God is interested in speaking God is interested in revealing. God is interested in communicating to and with us. Dallas Willard, who I'll quote a couple of times today from a book called Hearing God, says, We truly live at the mercy of our ideas, and this is never more true than with our ideas about God. So what we think about God, what we, the, the assumptions we start with, right? I begin with the assumption that God is interested in communicating. Some of you may not begin with that assumption today. Or you may think that if God is out there, he's... God isn't interested, or God's far off, or somewhere, you know, busy doing something else. And I would actually start with a different assumption, and that is based on the revelation of God that we know in Jesus. Because of Jesus, in Christ, we see that humanity in Jesus is in relationship with, interdependent communication and relationship with Abba, with God. And that this is not only... um, uh, necessary, but it's like, it's life for Jesus. He says, I don't do anything the Father doesn't tell me to do. We're in, we're in lockstep. So I begin with this assumption that God is not far off. God is not distant. But actually, God is very interested, is, is leaning in, is moving towards. From the beginning, we see in creation, in Scripture, in Jesus, God is moving towards us, not away from us. So that's an assumption I start with. Maybe you don't hold that, but you need to know that that's where I begin. The other piece is this. This whole exploration of, uh, or conversation about hearing God, it's a little more art than science, right? And here's what I mean by that. The metaphor of art versus science is, more, is helpful when we're talking about hearing God. I'm not going to stand here and, or pretend to tell you that hearing God is as easy as three steps and you just need to employ these three steps and then you're going to be able to hear God just fine. Because that's just cuckoo crazy bonkers. And anybody who does tell you that, you should be a little weary, a little leery. Hold your co- My grandpa used to say, hold your cards close to the chest when you're around folks like that. Okay? It's not that simple. It's not that easy. And we know that. We're talking about a very sort of, we're, we're communicating, we're in communication with a being that we can't see, s- smell, taste, touch, or feel. Like, some people look at that and they think that you're crazy because you say that this is possible. So this is, this is more art than science. It's, uh, and, and also, I'm not going to tell you that if you, you, don't, you feel like you don't hear God's voice, that it's because of your lack of faith or some sin in your life. I'm not going to do that. Um, this knowledge or this wisdom of hearing God's voice is hard-learned and hard-earned over a long 
period of time of faithfulness and following Jesus. It's something that we practice. It's something that we repeat and do over, and we learn from those who have gone further in the journey than we have. What I am going to do this morning is I want to offer a few observations from this text, which I deem and we as a community deem to be sacred and inspired, of an account of somebody who heard God's voice and see if there aren't some things that we can learn about, at least from one example, uh, what does it mean to hear God's voice? So those are the two assumptions I begin with. I think God is interested in communicating, and this is a little more art than science. So let's begin with the first one. Uh, In verse 1 of chapter 3, it says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I would say, when we talk about hearing God and communicating with God, listening to God, it ebbs and it flows. It ebbs and it flows. And what I mean by that is, if you look around in the universe, like just the the physical universe that we live in, one of the most common repeated patterns you will find in the universe is the sine wave. You should have paid attention in math class, friends. Do you guys remember that from geometry, the sine wave, right? Everything around you is moving in this oscillating pattern, up and down, ebb and flow, in and out, life and death, back and forth. Light, everything that you see is because of a sine wave called light. Everything that you hear, if you can hear with your ears, is because of a sine wave called audio, sound. It's the same pattern. The ocean is a giant sine wave, ebbs and flows, in and out. The desert, if you zoom out far enough and you look at pictures of the desert, guess what it looks like? It's a giant sine wave. It ebbs and it flows. The whole universe is saying it. Last Lent, uh, prior to Easter, we went through the series um, and we, we talked about the wilderness. And we talked about the fact that the spiritual life is often like the wilderness, where sometimes it feels like the lights get turned out or it's dry and desolate and God is nowhere to be found. And sometimes that's true. I begin with the assumption that God is interested in communicating, but the text begins with, in those days the word of the Lord was rare. So what I don't want to do is skip over a clear paradox in faith and in the spiritual life. Where, yes, I can assent, I can mentally say I agree with the the idea that God is interested in communicating with me, and yet, right now, it feels like a desert. Yet, right now, it feels like the word of the Lord is rare. And so I don't want to pass over that, and I actually want to say to you, if you feel that way, you're going to be okay. You're not crazy. This is normal and natural for faith. It ebbs and it flows. Sometimes God's presence will feel so close to you that it's like all around you. And sometimes it will feel like you can't see light for miles. That's normal. Find somebody who's older in their life and they've walked with Jesus for a while and tell me that's not true. I would be, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who says that's not true. It ebbs and it flows. So as we begin a conversation about hearing God's voice, the text says the word of the Lord was rare. So what do you do with that? The fathers and mothers of our tradition, I would say this is true in my own life, and those who are wise that I have sought counsel from would agree with this, that it ebbs and it flows sometimes. Sometimes it feels very close, and other times it feels very far away. You're normal, you're not crazy. Secondly, I would say, and I want to notice, observe, that listening has an active part 
Look at verse uh, 3. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. This is about posture and position, right? Posture, yeah, I'm all about spines and good posture, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the posture of your heart, the tone, the tenor, uh, the, the, the intentions, the desires of your heart. Do you want to be found? Jesus, one of his most common questions that he asks people, what do you want me to do for you? Samuel actively does something. He, he makes his bed in the house of the Lord next to the ark. Do you want to be found? Do you want to hear from God? Do you desire these things? My spiritual director, I shared a couple weeks ago, he said something that's like, it's finding home in my heart. He said, Micah, live your life in such a way that you can be found. Adam and Eve's first move when they ate the apple in Genesis 3 is they hid. And God's first question to them was, where are you? I've said before, I think the spiritual life begins when we have an answer to that question. Where are you? So are you living your life in such a way that you want to be found? Do you desire to hear from God? Dallas Willard again says, sit in the companionship of God. The one who shows up can be seen. So what's the posture of your heart regarding hearing God's voice? If God wanted to speak, would you be interested in hearing are you leaning in? Are you ready, attentive, expectant? Which is a great question for a bunch of people who show up on a church on Sunday. Are you expecting anything to happen today? Are you expecting to hear? Yes, Anna. Are you expecting to hear anything from the Lord? We come, and I think often, and I've been guilty of it myself, or I've, I've fallen into this pattern where it's just habit, and we show up and we do this thing. But are you expecting anything? That's posture. What about position? Samuel is literally lying in the house of the Lord. His proximity to certain spaces testify to the posture of his heart. Now, you might argue, I know. Uh, there, uh, all things are spiritual, Micah. Like, there's no distinction between sacred and secular. There's no place you can go out where, that God can't find you. God is, inhabits all of creation. Yes, I agree. Totally true. I affirm that. And space matters, Right? You go certain places in your life because they're more conducive to certain things. Some of you have told me that about this church, this building. For some of you who, who never saw the joke joint, blessings to you. <laughs> but for some of you who did and who knew it, for whatever reason, this space is more conducive to experiencing, to worship, to the divine than the joke joint. I'll just say that on record. Deep fat fryers don't help your cause, okay? If you're looking to hear from God. Space matters. There are certain places in your life that would be more conducive to hear God's voice if you were interested in hearing God's voice. So as you take stock of how you organize your life and the spaces that you inhabit, are any of them conducive to hearing God's voice? Or are they all inhibiting have you stacked the deck against hearing God's voice just by the spaces you occupy? You can do that. And many people do. But if you're interested in hearing God's voice, I would suggest that you pay attention to posture and position. I'm not going to give you the keys to lay here and make your bed in the house of the Lord because we don't have an ark anymore, so that would be futile. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. 
I'm glad to say some pastors are like, yeah, I've got a cot in my office. I've spent the night here at the church many a time. You're an idiot if you've done that. I've never spent the night in the church, I'd like to say. Praise Jesus. I have a bed and a home and a family, and they are not you. But I love you all. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's not even in the notes. Surprise, surprise. It ebbs and it flows. There's an active part to listening. I, I would say we can also observe that Samuel has this great response when we're talking about hearing God's voice. He says, you speak, I listen. The Lord came and stood there, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. If you were to think about your own prayer life, and you were to go from zero to 100, how much of that time, percentage-wise, is spent with you talking? When we think about prayer and being in communication with God, or when we think about communicating with God, we immediately think of prayer. And most of us, if, I'm, if we're being honest, I think we would, the, t- the scales would tilt a little bit to more talking and less listening. If I were honest, probably 75 to 80% of my prayer life is me talking. Gang, I would suggest that prayer is as much listening as it is talking. And it's so obvious. When I say this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. If we want to hear God speaking, we have to stop talking. Right? If you want to hear your spouse talking, you have to stop so you can listen and you can hear their voice. Dallas Wheeler says, It is much more important to cultivate the quiet, inward space of a constant listening than to always be approaching God for specific direction. What if hearing God is as much about cultivating a quiet, interior life as it is approaching God and asking for direction. So maybe you say, I I never hear God's voice, and I would say, how much time do you spend in quiet? How much time do you intentionally spend in quiet? I would submit to you that they are directly connected to one another. So maybe, as an offering, a, 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 a practical way to apply this or integrate this or think about it. In this next season, as you attempt to spend time with God, if you should choose to do so, uh, there's a practice called centering prayer. And it's just this idea that you have something that kind of brings you back to the center. When your mind wanders or your heart wanders, you just say this thing and it kind of brings you back to center. Maybe as a centering prayer, you could just repeat, you speak, I will listen. You speak, I will listen. God, you speak, I will listen. Lastly, as we move towards practicing this together, I want to suggest that if you're interested at all in a conversation about hearing God's voice, it will require, at some point, if not always, courage. If you want to hear from God, it may not always be rainbows and unicorns. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in a relationship with somebody that really cares about you and loves you and is like intimately connected to who you are and, and your well-being... You're not always going to hear, you're the best. You're rocking it. You're killing it. Keep going. You may hear, you sound like an idiot when you say that, and I love you, but you do. Or when you say that, it actually, it's not becoming. It's not attractive. Anybody ever heard that from somebody they love? Yeah, this last week at my dinner table, at my kitchen island. Son of a... If you want to hear from someone you're in relationship with, like really hear them, then they may say something to you that you don't want to hear. 
Samuel heard from the Lord. And what he heard was a very harsh word for his friend and mentor, Eli. If you read a couple chapters before, Eli has got a couple of sons who are just off the rails. Hophni and Phinehas. Great names, but cuckoo crazy, these guys. And they're just running the ship right into the ground. And the Lord's like, stop them from doing this. And Eli's kind of standing back. He's not really engaging. So he's got a hard word from the Lord about his actions or his inaction. And Samuel's the one who's delivering it. And so if you're going to hear from the Lord, be careful, because you might hear something you don't like. You might hear something that will require you to grow or change. It might require courage to hear God's voice, but then to also move towards it. It's not always, it's, sometimes it is. Micah, you are my beloved. I have in one of my journals, like, uh, and I, I go back to it often. It's like the whole bottom of the left page. It says, I am proud of you. You are my son. One of the most profound things I have ever heard from God. But I've also heard, make it right, Micah. I was a sophomore, junior in college, and I was on the golf team. I was an RA in my, uh, on campus, must have been my junior year. And I was, I was like the worship leader at chapel, you know, like super spiritual guy on the Christian campus, right? You all with me? You know that guy? So I'm an athlete. We're out of town for my New Testament final, spring semester, New Testament Bible class, final exam. I'm out of town. My professor, God bless him, he says, you know what? When you get back, take it when you get back. So I get back. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's set up a time. He's like, here, just take it home, uh, do it, uh, and bring it back. It's not an open book test for the record, but take it home. I trust you. Um, worst three words, two words, three words, I trust you. So I go home, I'm sitting in my dorm room, I can, like it was yesterday, I can see the grain of the wood on my bookshelf, and I can see my New Testament book right here, you know, bad idea, bad idea, very bad idea, space matters, um, so I'm taking this test, and I come to a couple of questions, I studied hard, I really did, I worked hard, I wanted to do well in this class, I'm sitting there, and I get to a couple of questions that just stump me, and I'm like, I know the answers to these, I studied that, yeah, just one. So I look it up, put it back. I'm like, then of course I get you another one. It's like, ah, you've already done it once. You may as well do it twice. I cheated on my Bible final. <laughs> just like terrible, awful. So I, I turn it in. I turn it in. I'm like, yeah. you know, I got an A. Surprise, surprise. I go home that summer, and it was like the worst summer of my spiritual life. I worked at a golf course on the grounds crew, so I just had hours alone to do nothing but hear my own thoughts. And all I heard all summer while mowing number 12 at Midland Hills was, you're a cheater. <laughs> and the word from the Lord that I heard was, make it right, Micah. No, that, that cannot be God speaking right now. Make it right. Just, I heard it over and over and over again. Make it right, Micah. Make it right. And so I went back in the fall semester, and, you know, I'm on scholarship to play golf, and I'm thinking, like, there's a, I had lots of things could have happened in that moment. I go into T.K. Murphy, go into his, desk, his office, and I'm like, I got to tell you something, man. So I told him what happened. and Man, that's when you know what grace is when you just make a mess of it and somebody loves you anyways. 
I didn't want to hear that, though, make it right, but that's what I heard. Sometimes when you hear God, it's going to require courage to step into it and stand in it. So this morning, we're going to close with, we're going to practice. Um, As we think about hearing God, it ebbs and flows. There's an active part of it, right? Um, You speak, I will listen. We're going to take some time to practice. If you've been at Awaken before, you know, like when we gather, we always try to have at least a small bit of silence. And we do this for a number of reasons. One, the world around us is spinning at a million miles an hour. If no other place in your life you get one minute of silence and quiet here every week, I hope that you receive that as a gift. I hope that it helps you like, live into that and you, helps you move towards that in your own life. So this morning, we're going to take a little bit of extra time. And I want to practice. You've got something in your hand, a piece of paper, and there are pens around you. If there's something you might hear God say, or you, you, you sense God impressing on you, and you want to write that down, there's a whole space for it on the back. So in just a minute, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to just lead you into a time of silence. I'm going to give you a couple of prompts, so hopefully I'll set you up for success as best as you can, best as I can, and then we'll close with uh, a chorus or two together. So pray with me if you would. God, this morning, as we gather as your church, um, we have learned that quiet and not talking is a part of hearing. Elijah would say that it's not in the wind and it's not in the, the fire and it's not in the earthquake, but it was the still small voice of a babbling brook where you were present. And we just have heard that from so many people who have walked faithfully with you. That when we slow down enough and stop for long enough, let it begin. And we hear and we sense and we, we feel you inviting and prompting and moving and encouraging, speaking. And so God, in the next few moments of silence, we want to hear, we want to know Give us eyes to see where you are in our lives. Give us ears that are uncluttered so that we can tune in to the rhythm of your kingdom all around us and our part in it. Give us the courage to step into what you might be inviting us to. So if you would, just take a couple of deep breaths. I want to invite you to imagine a space where you might be able to meet with God. So maybe it's a lake, maybe it's a, a mountaintop, maybe it's a chair that you, you love, some space that you want to see God and meet with God in. I want you to imagine yourself there. And then whatever you imagine God to look like or, or to be, some people have said it's like a light or it's a face that I see or just some, someone's presence, imagine God be, being with you, being present near you. And I'll leave you with this. If you would, have the courage to just say this to God in your heart and in your mind. You speak, I will listen. I was thinking about how easy it is in my own life to like lose the plot. You know what I mean? Like when you, you think the world's crashing in around you and... <laughs> Uh, you're wondering if you're, you're doing it right as a parent or as, an, as, a, as a person who works full-time. or you're, 
And then there's like the world, and it's spinning like mad. And I guess I would just, I hope that you leave today encouraged. I hope that you leave today reminded that for thousands of years, faithful people have been following Jesus, saying, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Fear not, for I have overcome the world, says the one we follow. So take joy. Be light in heart. Uh, as the sun, I love like when the sun shines through these windows when we gather. I'm just like, man, that's it. Let's just follow the light. We're going to be okay. You know what I mean? So I hope you're encouraged today. So know that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord lifts up his face to shine upon you and is gracious unto you. The Lord has lifted up his countenance to you and has given you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and the faithful people of God said once again, amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord, my friends. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time.